Yo, hey everyone, it's Adrienne here. So this week's episode, I am joined by a storyteller, adventurer and runner, Max Wilcox. Now, if you're anything like me, then after a year at home, I am so ready to explore somewhere new and to go on an adventure. So this episode certainly inspired me to think about signing up to a race or lacing up my shoes and just heading out to explore somewhere new. I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Power Hour. I'm Adrienne Herbert, wellness coach, international speaker and author. Each week, I speak to a variety of guests from business founders to Olympic athletes, leading coaches, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, their rules to live by and what motivates them to get up out of bed each day. Personally, I am on a mission to encourage, motivate and inspire. So I hope that the Power Hour will help you to achieve your personal and professional goals. Max, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Adrian. Good to be here. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this episode. And to be honest, I'm surprised that we haven't done this sooner. I have known you for a long time, firstly, as a runner, but also as a photographer, videographer, storyteller and adventurer. So for anyone listening to this podcast who might not know much about you, your work, what you do, can you give us the nutshell version of Max? Well, firstly, I didn't want to bring it up when we spent much of last week hanging out, but I am, I'm very happy that I finally got the invitation to come and have a, have a more of a formal conversation with you. <clears throat> but, oh, really? Um, yeah. You've been waiting for that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, no, hint, hint, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, me, in, in a nutshell, I'm, you know, I'm quite a reserved, quiet guy, kind of on, on my own. So it's, um, which is a bit of a juxtaposition to some of the things I like to do in my life, which is um, spending as much time or previously having spent time traveling and exploring and creating adventures and, and telling stories. It's something that... <clears throat> I I got into it's one of those things where I had to get lost to kind of find myself and traveled the world um taking part in different adventures just saying yes I guess saying yes to life in a, in much of a way and then just turning that into a, a career I mean it didn't come it, or it hasn't definitely hasn't come without its sacrifices but mm-hmm. you know media production and, and photography are things that are very much born out of the things that I like to do um, and then turning that into like a, a real world job is well a it's been it's been amazing but it hasn't certainly hasn't been without its kind of difficulties shall we say mm. yeah well we're going to come on to all of it but you know you mentioned travel I am so desperate to travel right now I think we all are after being in our homes being in one place I don't think I've ever spent so much time actually at home so at the moment I'm you know, I'm scrolling through Instagram, I'm hitting save, I'm looking online and trying to, I'm emailing places and trying to see if it's, if I can book things. So let's talk about it. Let's all kind of live vicariously for a minute. I'm going to close my eyes and Max, tell us of all the places you've been in the world, where are some of your favorite places and why, whether to run or to work, where's your favorite places? Um, I think I've been, I've been very lucky to go to some like truly, well, you know, to, to perhaps use a, a, a phrase that you might kind of relate to a little bit over the last six to 12 months is some truly Instagrammable locations. Um, <clears throat> some of which are kind of like Torres del Paine, which is in the very South of uh, South America, um, Argentina, which is like a beautiful national park. And um, as well as kind of 
the uh, Arctic Circle in Greenland and up in um, Norway as well. But I think for me, the the places that are kind of like I get repeatedly get kind of attracted and, and gravitate back to are just big kind of mountainous areas and, and places like Colorado, which is not only not only is it astoundingly beautiful, but there's tons of people that are just so like minded in their sense of adventure and their sense of willingness to be part of just just exploration just like and and when i say exploration like i don't mean you know let's get sleds and dogs and trucks i i literally mean you know like a 40 minute hike you know you'll meet someone in a i i i've been out there a couple of times and you'll meet someone in a bar and have you'd be chatting with them and they'll be like well if you want to go running tomorrow you know let's do a 40 minute run and and that, these are just like real life experiences um yeah I'd, I'd love to head back out i know you'd love it i know that if you if you ever got the chance to go to like the colorado rockies a because of the kind of sports that are are available it's just an absolute adventure playground great well i'm going to add that to my list so when you when you go on these adventures you know do you plan exactly where you're going to go do you kind of like i i'm a lot i love to plan i love to spend a couple of hours looking at different places you know do you do that or do you just kind of book a place turn up do you do you adventure solo do you go with friends oh you're literally i mean you're describing all the all the troubles that come with the you know the behind the scenes of of what happens when you when you kind of plan these things um because with every kind of well laid plan there's just there's always problems until you actually get out there and see it and a lot of exploration is in in the doing a lot of adventure is in in the doing and you know the everywhere i i'm i don't know perhaps a bit like yourself like i i struggle to kind of fully switch off if i go away for any means of a holiday you know, I, I'll, I'll enjoy training or, or going to a gym or something. But, you know, so if you go somewhere where there is wilderness on your doorstep, um, a, a huge part of the exploration is is chatting to people and just having the conversations about, you know, who's done what, where and how, and then and then finding out for yourself. And I will categorically tell you that, you know, you it, it, much in the same way as life, right? There, you, there's always a wrong turn. <laughs> You're always taking wrong turns. Um, but that that just adds to it. Just adds adds to everything. Where would you go? What's your What's on your kind of travel lit? What are those pins that you've been saving on Instagram? Honestly, everywhere. I, I sent a joke to some friends on a, a group WhatsApp. I said, pa- I said, I'm packing my bags. I'm going everywhere. I just think, to be honest, I think it's different. You have different stages in your life, don't you? And I think at the moment, I'm definitely craving new and I think obviously we all are as I said I think everybody must be feeling it but I just want to go somewhere where I've never been I don't I want to go somewhere where I can't even read the menu you know like I maybe you know I think about going to Seoul Korea or going somewhere that yeah I don't know anyone and I have to just yeah meet new people have I mean obviously it's very romanticized you think about eat pray love it's like oh you're just going to go somewhere and you know get a um a, a tutor for language and then suddenly you're going to have a group of friends it's probably I don't know but it's very realistic but just place is yeah that I can definitely places that I can run you know signing up to races I think is one of my you know ultimate ways in which I like to travel I think in 2019 I did six half marathons in six different cities and the reason I did that was because a it would give me the accountability to keep training keep running but b I was thinking I've never been to that place so I can use the trip and the race as an excuse to go and then spend a few more days there so yeah anywhere that I can run anywhere that I can as you say just not really plan it so much but just kind of turn up and yeah let's see but from a practical point of view someone who's done this a lot more than I have 
a lot of the reservations I think that people have are either financial or um, for women traveling solo, maybe for men as well, is safety. So people will say, oh, yeah, it sounds great, you know, rocking up in, in a country with a backpack and your running trainers. But actually, you know, how, you know, how much money do you need? Can you do these things cheaply? Or how, yeah, is it safe to travel solo in certain places, especially if you're going to be out in the middle of nowhere where there might be not be any phone signal and you're halfway up a mountain? So what would you say, practical tips on finance and safety? Um, they're both very good questions. And uh, it, do you know what? It's it's funny because there's, there's a huge, there's tons of conversations that happen nowadays that uh, I perhaps wasn't so aware of um, as a as a 20 something i'm 38 now uh, as a 20 something kind of traveling around and, and doing races and going places i remember i remember um doing a van trip you know i i don't want to answer these with like necessary definitive answers but some but something that's a little bit anecdotal mm-hmm. um i remember going to colorado and um i flew into la rented a van did a four-week trip from la out through vegas uh utah arizona and then to colorado in the summer to to go to the ski resorts in the summer to run around this, these various ski resorts culminating in running a hundred mile race called leadville and then returning to vegas and, and flying home was the plan over four weeks and <clears throat> i i knew nothing like i this was the first time i bought a camera as well it's like it's it's brilliant it's such a authentic origin story for someone that's ended up being an outdoor cinematographer videographer um but i i definitely remember people you know going into effectively mountain bike shops which is what happens in the ski resorts in the summer chat chatting to the locals them giving you advice and it's not like the uk it's like right take a 40 minute drive down this dirt road pull in at the trailhead park up you know there's a 25 mile loop through mountainous terrain um and like all, all i knew to do was i mean i obviously packed a bunch of uh safety equipment um i was always carrying i know it sounds silly but i was always carrying a knife i was always carrying um like bear bear spray um but i'd also and it's it's something that i don't know why i did it i'd also just leave a note in my windscreen being like hey if this car's still here when it's dark like send help you, yeah can you please just let someone know um and then put the date on it and just for that i guess for that peace of mind on my on my own sense because you know i i just knew nothing but i knew that perhaps doing small things like that can can make a huge difference in terms of safety um i think i think um and this is the one thing and it's, and it's a slight change on the on the conversation i think but before we do that uh, financially, I think the um, th- the biggest thing is to commit to these things and and start. When I say start small, I mean you know start with things that are manageable. You know, plan a trip, be sensible about it. Um, start from the bare bones, which is how do I get there and what do I want to do, and then work around that. And you you will find a way. I think the scariest thing is always that sense of actually committing to doing something, and that exchange of money is is the moment that you kind of like oh like. I am committing to this. I am going to do this. I am going to go and travel there or do this race or do that event. Um, but just to circle back, my, my biggest thing and, and the one piece of takeaway advice I have to anything that you want to do in terms of, you know, city half marathons, like adventure races, um, just disappearing off into the wild is, you know, I, and I say this because I've been to a lot of places. It's, you know, ultimately a hundred percent it's the people you go with 
you know, and that is that is the biggest takeaway I've had, especially with this last year or so. Mm. It's it's like I know I know that you're desperate to travel, and I, I have had that same sense. But now that I'm a bit older and wiser, I'm desperate to travel with the people that I care about. Mm. Not, not and, and I don't care where we go. That's that's my thing. It's like like now that I'm in lockdown, I've been told I can't leave my house. I'm like, I'm like, look, I don't I don't want to disappear to the ends of the earth. I just want to find the two or three good friends that I can that I want to spend you know twenty four hours of a day with and and disappear anywhere with them like mm. so yeah <clears throat> the relationships and the connections to others for sure again something that I think we're all feeling and I can really relate again to that because and we all know I'm sure there's people who you can spend time with them and the hours just pass and you could be as you say anywhere you could be doing anything and I've got certain friends you know we could literally be sitting in a car in traffic and you know there's I don't know an accident ahead and you could sit there for an hour in traffic but you don't you don't care. You don't even notice the time because you just always have a good time when you're together. And I think actually, you know, as you said, being in lockdown, being away from people, those people that you love, those people that you just, you just resonate with each other's vibe and energy. Definitely. I mean, combining that with a trip to somewhere that I've never been, that literally sounds like the dream. That's what I'm, that's what I'm visualizing every night right now before I go to bed. That is literally the last thought before I close my eyes because I just really, yeah, I feel like, also, it's such a privileged position and such a luxury to be able to think actually with the work that I do, you know, with being able to mm. manage my time. And again, we're going to talk about that. It's it's a real privileged position. And, and maybe for maybe let's just jump to that now for anyone listening who's like, OK, cool. This sounds exciting. This sounds good. But you know what? I have a job and I have kids and I have to take them to school and I have a nine to five or, you know, it's not the case for everyone. Some people might be single, solo. Some people might not have kids. But yeah, what would you say in terms of I mean, how have you managed to create, you know, your life is, I think, certainly to me, it seems anyway, that you've managed to create a life that is, you know, blended your career, your work, your passions. And I talk actually in my book as a chapter about passion. And I talk about passions and purpose and saying that almost if you can do work that aligns with those things, you don't have to be defined by what you do, but it can just give you this freedom to create a lifestyle in which you yeah, have autonomy and essentially creating a life that you love. So as I say, it seems to me from the outside that you've managed to do that. Would you agree? And if so, how have you managed to do that? And what have been the challenges? I think pa passion is like, I just, I love the use of that word. Like that is, that is the one thing that I will, I would always have as an adjective that, that surrounds who I am. Um, because there is, there is no substitute for it. And if you want to do something you know you you can only fake it for so long you can you know and being passionate about something just it drives you effortless effortlessly you know and um and if if you are and this is what i mean about like if you if you do want to head away and i do understand the constraints of of the world that we live in and and the commitments that we have and the jobs that we have to we have to attend um and this is why um you know one of the big things in my life that i that i love to uh, like have conversations about is always expectations and managing your own expectations as well as your expectations of other people. And I just think it's, you know, if you can start small and, and remove the expectation of, you know, the concept of like the world's grandest adventure. And, and like you said, it's like, you know, those little half marathon that that you go and run um uh, in in various places you know a amsterdam or um seville or just 
um, Barcelona, you know, these, these little kind of weekend getaways, you, they, you know, just the chance to get away and do things with, with friends um, on kind of, uh, I don't want to say a smaller scale. So I don't want to, I don't want to like belittle the concept of heading away and doing a half marathon. Cause I think that's, that's like, it's one of the things that like I love to do. And, um, but I think if you, you know, st- start with what you kind of looking to expect from it um, and then kind of, kind of work your way out i think um one of the one of the phrases i actually wrote this down because like I, I was going for i think a lot when i run and um it's one of the phrases that i've always loved um <clears throat> and uh it, it kind of correlates so nicely to you know finding your way when you're kind of looking for um adventure or you're looking to develop passion and um the phrase is like um good judgment comes from experience experience comes from bad judgment you know go out and make those mistakes like I think it's brilliant. Like it, we find out in the doing, and um, <clears throat> yeah, I think I think it's just like if you are, you know, you like like we said, you can't necessarily install passion in someone, but mm. if you are, if you're passionate about something, then and and that's kind of you know not to dwell on on my own kind of world too much, but like you know because I was passionate about something, it really helped me kind of drive it into like I guess the epicenter of what I do for a, for a living. Well, I think the pandemic in the last year for a lot of people has meant that their work life has changed, you know, whether that's being able to work remotely, whether that's a lot of people have said to me that worked in an office and thought they would never, ever be able to work from home. And actually, you know, their their office is now saying we're going to be working remotely forever. So I know friends who've said that they're actually looking to buy um a home they don't they don't own a home in the UK they're renters but they're looking to buy their first home abroad in Europe and they're saying you know they're either going to travel backwards and forwards or they're going to try work remotely so I think there is an opportunity right now like a window of time for people to kind of maybe reassess and say you know what maybe it's maybe it's realistic now for me to say I can work and I can travel more or I can relocate completely but for you as I say kind of with more of a freelance and and creative and like hybrid multi-hyphen life what I mean the perks I think probably seem quite obvious to people but it's not as I I know this it's not always just as you know great as it looks so yeah what are the real highlights for you of of the work-life balance that you've created and what are the yeah the the pain points the pitfalls Mm. (laughs) that's a long list um but but so is the perks list I think it's um yeah I think working for yourself and and building the relationships that you have everything becomes personal everything like the world around you becomes personal like you develop relationships with with companies and brands and the people that work there and it's you almost become you know I don't want to say like the jealous best friend but like you know you're like no no like Oh, like I need to keep these relationships going because it's no one's, you know, only occasionally is someone kind of turning up to you and being like, oh, I've got this great job that I want you to do. And the, and then some of the other time you're out there kind of being like, well, do you know what? Like, uh, I, I want to go and do this and I want to go and do it there. And I, I need the support and help with from from, you know, a company or a brand. Mm. But then you are obviously offering, you know, your services and in, in return. And then you kind of create a, a concept around that. And I think one of the biggest things, um, you know, I don't want to necessarily glorify the, you know, the hustle life, but, you know, they're, having a work ethic there, like, is, it's paramount if, if you kind of set out, you know, I, I, I just don't believe that, yeah, I just don't believe people kind of fall and fall and fall and land on their feet in, in this kind of world. You know, there's the people that are successful at doing it are the ones that 
are happy to work and you know work with well outside the conf- the confines of what you know society in this day and age is perhaps well it's interesting because you talk about you you know you talk about the the world has changed a little bit and it it, it certainly it feels like it's changed from you know if you were a you know to <laughs> lament this phrase but if you're a tiktoker you know you're you're on a 24-hour clock a day right mm-hmm. you're you're creating content at any moment any time because you know that you know that relates back to the world that you know your work world um and i think that's that's definitely what's happened well i feel like it's happened as someone that used to work in a you know an equity job in the city um <clears throat> yeah, I feel, the, I feel. Do you mean the social media, for example, like content creation, is a much more like twenty four seven, as you say, kind of around the clock job? It's not, you know, it's not. You don't log on and log off at, at certain work times. And it's interesting, actually, when you when you mentioned then about you know you don't want to kind of promote the hustle culture, but I think it's also absolutely fine to be like yeah it takes hard work and by hard work that might mean long hours that might mean working weekends that might mean and it doesn't i know what you mean i think there's definitely a culture right now of stop telling people that it's okay to work every hour and it's toxic and it's going to cause burnout and all the rest of it and especially in lockdown i think i was the guest on a podcast the other day so flip flip reversed and we were talking about this tweet that i tweeted she, she screenshotted it because i i wrote this isn't working from home. We are living at work. And it was this idea that for a lot of people, because they're at home and because people know they are, the expectation of their work output is so different because it's like, oh, you're at home. Can you do this? Oh, can you read this email? Oh, can you come onto this, you know, video call, Zoom meeting, another meeting, another meeting, another meeting, and then stay up all evening actually doing the work. And a lot of people I've spoken to, you know, the whole Zoom fatigue, they're just like, I'm tied to my laptop all the time. So of course we have to, like, it's a personal thing. No one can tell you, you know, when you should take time off, when you need to um, unplug, you've got to kind of figure out a schedule. But I do think it's absolutely okay to say that the reality is if you want to, yeah, create a life that you love and have a career centered around your passion, it is still going to be work. You're still going to be paid for the time and therefore you're going to have to, yeah, put the hours in. And yeah, I mean, I've I've never shied away from, from saying that. I think people always ask me, like, how do you do many, so many things? I'm like, I'm working hard all the time. Yeah, I think when, when I talk about hustle culture, I think I think it just got a bit toxic, you know, a, a year or two ago because people were using the phrase hustle to to try and glorify the concept of. Yeah, I just think I think the word hustle to me just holds that weird connotation. I just, for me, hustle and hard work are different things because I, I think there was just a period where people, you know, people were like, oh, like hashtag hustle life, and it, and. I actually didn't really see them doing very much, just telling people they were doing much, like right. if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, I like I think we're on the same page here, Adrian. I think I, with a ton of stuff, we're on the same same page usually. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I think yeah, I I, look, I fully agree with you. Like, the, and that is the the work for yourself lifestyle is you know like you said we you know we've been living the the COVID life for <laughs> for a long time, which is people just think your time is theirs. Like that's. And and you kind of accept that because, you know, like I said, if you're passionate, then you're willing to work. Um, I just wish that sometimes people would allow a bit more creativity in there. Mm. Well, I guess for you as well, because the thing is, Max, I get to do 
the the bits that maybe I enjoy the most, which might be, for example, we worked together on a project recently and it's, you know, we're out, we're doing the shoot, we're running, we're we're chatting, we're doing the in-person bit. And that's the bit that I love as a social, as a, such a social butterfly. But you then have to sit alone and edit that footage for hours and hours and hours and look at my face and listen to me talking. Honestly, you must be, yeah, really sick of the sound of my voice right now. But I think that part as well is the part that people don't see. They don't always see, you know, they don't see me writing podcast scripts. They don't see me researching guests and reading their books and writing notes and highlighting and post-it notes. They just see me sitting down, well, used to in the studio or or saying, oh, there's a new episode out. And I'm sure for you, it's like they probably see the end product of a photo shoot um, on the top of a mountain somewhere, but they might not they might not recognize that you actually got up at four o'clock in the morning and that your hands might have felt like they were freezing and you were about to drop the camera because you felt like you had frostbite, (laughs) but you're out there trying to get that shot. And yeah, I think it's all the wraparound, the before, the prep, the after, the hours of editing that must be, I don't know, I think that actually that's probably where the work ethic really comes in. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I love the idea that you think I have Adrienne fatigue. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm sure. I'm after after the Easter weekend, we we, we might see. But um, yeah, I mean, look. Funnily enough, like I got this, um, <clears throat> I got this kind of WhatsApp message from a mate yesterday, and uh, it's it, this this kind of quite big UK <laughs> drinks brand um, who I kind of know reached out and were like, "Oh, do you have any photos of you like running around a mountain space?" And I was like. I was like, yeah, like, you know, me, me and my buddies were out in, in Chamonix a year or two ago. We, you know, we, <clears throat> this is what we like to do. We took some, we took a bunch of photos and they were like, can we, can we use one? And like, I like, like, I will help anyone that wants to help themselves. Like, like, that's my thing. Like, if you want to help yourself, like I will go to the ends of the earth to, to help you if you are passionate about what you're doing. So, and, and these guys that, you know, they started as a quite, well, I don't want to say a small company, but they are you know in the global scale of things then they're not they're not massive but they're definitely not small and you know next thing i know is like they've got a double page spread in like a major magazine with my my photo in it and i'm uh, i i just kind of like message them being like guys like you know can you please just like send me some drinks or something because like i had to run for like three hours and carry camera kit and da 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 just to like to take these photos that you are now using as like double page global campaign stuff. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, Matt, because... I, my face right now, if you could see me, I just want to jump in right there because I mean, forget the drinks. I don't care what <laughs> drinks they are unless they're liquid gold. Yeah. Excuse me. That email from me is like, hi, pay me. Because in reality, yeah. like, yes, whatever brand size they are, they have a marketing budget. <clears> they have, you know, everyone knows the usage now and the, and the cost of content, you know, it, and, and the whole thing around owning imagery. I feel like as a photographer, it must just be a nightmare. But in reality, if someone's reached out and said, can we use your image of you that you took for our campaign? I'm like, sure. And here's the fee for this content. Yeah. Like, come on, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to email on your behalf. <laughs> yeah, no, no, don't I do it. Just get my drinks. I just need to know. Just like, but like, no, no, I, I, I agree with you. But, um, <clears throat> you know, but like, like I said, like, I'm, I'm all about developing relationships. And I think I think a relationship goes goes far beyond the 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 confines of saying someone saying right you know let's keep this transactional uh, i also don't you know i think i think you can have a good working relationship with someone that is like money transactional and it also being a good personal relationship 100% but um you know i, I sometimes i just you know i you um what is it like one in the hand two in the bush kind of kind of thing and in the sense of 
if it's going to start a conversation and, and create a, and you said it, you said it in the interviews that I've had to listen to a million times whilst editing the, uh, the running piece we did, you know, you said, you said it's very, it's such a simple phrase and it's beautiful. I love it. It's like, um, you know, I, you know, you couldn't believe what you were doing when you were dancing on stage and because you would have done it for free, um, you know, and there is a huge part of that. And, and, and yes, at, at some stage, you know, you do have to start looking at these things um, transactionally. But yeah, I know, think I... it's important to, to highlight because that is the truth. That's the reality. And for people who may be starting things as well, there is always that thing. You're absolutely right. Of building networks, building relationships, kind of, you know, and also doing things not for monetary you know, gain, but for just simply helping someone. So, for example, on an individual mm. level, I think, yeah, there's so much value in that. I got an email from someone the other day who's doing a dissertation and they're, I think they're at uni doing media or something. And they wanted to interview me about being a podcaster and being a podcast host. And I was like, sure, because in reality, it's probably going to take 20 minutes of my time to jump on the phone with this guy. And so I think there's always definitely time and place to like give your time, give your knowledge, give your expertise. I think I just draw the line pretty harsh when it comes to brands just because I know so many people who've been burnt by that so I think I often like straight away I'm like no I'm like charge more it's what you deserve um but I I, yeah I hear you when it comes to the you know the, the work and the relationship building and it's absolutely key spring is that you warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles meet the super light collection the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors these must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever that means more comfort and less baggage try the super light tree runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper plus they're comfy right out of the box so what can you do in a super light shoe what can't you do is the better question and because they're super packable the real question is where are you taking them Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. One thing we haven't really talked about that much is running. And Max, you know, when it comes to passion and purpose... For me, you know, like I said, I've known you a long time, but for me, you're like the running guy, like the running guru. I'm like, okay, Max knows when it comes to everything from fueling to uh, recovery tips to, you know, training to different methodologies to kit to all of it. I'm like, he's the running encyclopedia, the running guy. So, and everything really from speed and fast 10Ks and impressive PBs to endurance and trail and all of it. So talk to me about that. And, you know, where and when did this love affair with running start? I, I, we, I think I'm pretty sure we met kind of by virtue of kind of being runners. I think that's how we our paths crossed in the first place, mm-hmm. which I think is you know, g- good testament to the world that we live in and in the relationships that we can create through something that we love. Um, especially as we both sat down for a couple of days last week shoot, shooting, you know, eventually video content about it. So it's like, um, so, I mean, I think with running is like, like I like it's, it is like the one thing I'm super passionate about. Um, but it, I don't do it for any other reason be, than because, because I love it. Like, um, it's, I, I definitely say that, like, I don't think I found running, running found me. Uh, I, you know, I wasn't looking, I wasn't necessarily looking for it. I wasn't looking for anything. It's just, I remember being a, a teenage kid, um, in summer holidays and, and kind of waking up at, 
you know, I, I guess I'm glorifying this memory. It probably was like half 11, but like, I'm going to say six o'clock. Um, uh, you know, I, I no, but I think it was like quite early. I think like half six, I'd get up, I'd, I'd go for like an hour's run in the summer, in the sunlight, come home, eat some food and, and go back to bed. Like, obviously it was a very blessed life. That was, um, you know, not everyone's able to, to do that in like a school holiday, but um, I didn't know why I did it. I, I had no reason to do it. Like I don't know why I was doing. It. I just like I just kind of got drawn to it. I didn't have and you know, one of the questions I asked you during the interview because I, I love finding out about like why people do what they do um, <clears throat> was like, do you remember you know how you would dress and what we, what you would wear when you first went running? Because it's such a good testament to like you know, what people's intentions were when they first kind of found running. Like if you first find running and you're in just a pair of plimsolls and like whatever shorts, like, you know, swim shorts and a <laughs> cotton t-shirt, like, you know, that's, that's the nice part of it. Like, you know, you didn't, you didn't go and buy all the kit to then get, be like, right, I'm going to take up running, you know? And that's what I, that's what I love about the sport. You know, it's, it's so honest. It's brutally honest, if anything, especially if you try and run a hundred miles. Um, and I mean, are you going to try and run a hundred miles, Adrian? Do you fancy running a hundred miles? I love that you're flipping this and being the interviewer again. I'm like, this is the interview about you, Max. I want to know how you went from waking up in the summer holidays running to yeah, the running man that you are now, and you running a hundred miles because I have never done that and you have. So back to you. Tell us more. How did that progress? And also, have you always been a good runner? Because this this is a silly question, but people think that I'm a good runner. I think because they see that I'm an enthusiast runner there's a very big difference I'm a very enthusiastic runner which means I've always got a smile on my face and I love it that does not mean that I'm you know I'm not particularly fast I'm not particularly impressive you know people say oh what's your PB and then they're like they look disappointed when I tell them but you do have those impressive stats and those times so have you always been a good runner like it's so funny because like I definitely don't see myself that way and I love you for saying that like um and which is weird right because I actually like I, I definitely 100% I don't see myself that way because there's always like like you said like you can't complete running there's always like there is no bloody end to it like it just carries on and on and on and there's always someone that's quicker at something and faster at something so you know if you have that kind of mindset of self-improvement and continual development like you you kind of never really get to where you want to be and if you never get to where you want to be then like can you really define yourself as a, as a good runner but I think yeah like um yeah, I just like I I I just I don't want to say like I fell in love with it. I, I like I think once it got to the point where I was living in London and working in an office, I was waking up at five a.m. to to run into the office to to start my job at seven thirty in the morning on a trading floor. You know, having a nap at like one thirty in the toilets and then and then running seven miles home in the evening. Like I I kind of like mistakenly. Be- like just got drawn to the fact that this was kind of this was giving me the sense of wilderness as I was running through the city of London like before it was awake um that that kind of like kept me coming back to it you know for no other reason than that I wasn't I, I never set out to kind of do races I definitely never kind of set out to try and you know win some any race of any description whatsoever I just knew that I like I knew that I liked it. And then my mates, my, it was only my, my friends that were like, oh, let's go and do this race. And I was like, oh, like racing sounds like the not so fun part of running. <laughs> like, um, but then, yeah, then I started kind of falling, kind of like enjoying it more and more as you kind of push yourself, you know, like, mm. and 
and you find out who you are just through this very simple act of saying, do you know what? I'm, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to try and keep going. Um, I'm going to try and go a little bit faster. And I think, you know, if you talk to someone that perhaps isn't a runner, they'd be like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, you, you know, running is like you move your legs and your arms and you run with your legs. And I was, and I was like, no, like if you are a runner, you like the legs are like the last thing you run with. You run with your heart. Like that is where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> because you, you, you train your legs, <laughs> like your legs are the things that you train. Mm-hmm. And then it's the, it's the passion that kind of keeps you going out there because, you know, the, the people talk about it, like the run is high as if it's like, you know, stamp your ticket, turn up, go for a run. Here's your runners, you know, here's your one eighth of runners high. Go and enjoy yourself. It just doesn't happen. Like there's, there's weeks and months, there's weeks and months where you're going for like kind of really not that enjoyable runs, but then you'll go on that one run and that one run will, you know, that'll just keep you coming back. Mm, Yeah. I mean, I can relate to that, but when you're, it's so interesting as well hearing you describe it because I certainly would think of you as someone who is a competitive runner, whether that's competitive with yourself, with others. Do you feel like you have an ego in, in running or do you feel like you ever have and has that changed as you've learned more about yourself and, and as and as a runner? Because I, certain, I certainly think I went through a period of of having this ego that was like, oh, I've got to, I don't know, run at this pace or I've got to do this many miles or I've got to get this certain time in this race and I'm so glad that I don't have that anymore, but I don't even know how it, how it creeped in or when, but I definitely, I definitely had that for like a year. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, is that, do you have a running ego and if, or how have you put it to bed? Oh, like a, a running ego is like an interesting way to phrase it. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't, I, yeah, I wouldn't really kind of necessarily dis- describe it that way. Like I, th- I think it's interesting that you, that you kind of talk about it like that. It's like, um, I, it, it is, I just I've always seen it like I used to play team sports I played a ton of team sports and running was the most humbling thing I've ever done because every time you push it pushes back harder and there is nothing you can do like it doesn't it doesn't matter how good you think you are so you know if you want to use that running ego phrase like your ego is never going to be bigger than running Um, because whether it's a 3k 5k 10k half marathon marathon 50 miles 100 miles it doesn't matter if you push too hard running will push back and running will win um mm-hmm. and that that and i think like you know that and, and it's in that it's in where the lines are blurred of can i push a bit more and should i not you know should i kind of bring it back a little bit that we kind of find out who we are and you know i think i think the people there is a it's such a I don't even want to call it a global phenomenon. It's not even a phenomenon. It's just a, it's a global activity because people do it because they find out so much about themselves whilst they're doing it. Yeah. I I think the reason I say ego, and I think maybe the reason I say it in a negative way is because for me, you know, it's like why I run and the feeling that running gives me. And I think it must've, maybe it was just a time when I kind of lost, forgot about that and started to worry too much about, as I said, the time that I was going to get in the race or, you know, I shared the journey, I documented the journey of training for the Berlin marathon. And then, you know, I got injured and it's just like the ego is what made me go to Berlin and stand at the start line and attempt to run an entire marathon 
with an, a bad injury. It's like that kind of thing. Whereas I think when I remember the reason, like now I would never do that. I would never do that. Cause now I'm like, I love to run. I enjoy the feeling. I'm not going to get that feeling if I'm running in pain. So it's kind of, I think that's what I mean by ego. I think it's easy for people as well when they jump onto social media, when they're, you know, looking at other people's Garmin stats or Strava stats or map my run stats. People are always asking, you know, like I say, this first thing a lot of people do is ask about the, the PB or what time are you training for? And I think that for a lot of people, it either ruins it for them because I just see them, you know, running, looking down at the floor, looking at that watch, looking at that watch. You can tell, you know, and people are just like, must get the time. And it's almost, you know, they cross the line and they're green and they look like they want to vom. And although, of course, when you push yourself to get a race PB, yeah, you want to leave it all and go for it. But I just think if you're doing that all the time, like, is that fun? You know, for me, it's like, that is not fun. It puts, I, I, that would put me off even running at all because it's just not fun yeah but i think i think you're like you know running is a compound sport running running isn't running isn't the run that you do on a tuesday it's not the run you do on a wednesday running it running is the runs that you've done over the last x number of months like that is that is what running is and that is why you will turn up to the berlin marathon even though you developed an injury along the way is because it it's you know it is a compound sport it's a it's a it's a series of of individual practices that that make up a whole and that whole is worth more than the sum of the parts and yeah you're so a, right because i'd put four, that, yeah you're so right i'd put four months of commitment time energy effort yeah. sweat like i'd i'd given up other things to get up early to do the run or i'd given up other weekends to go and run for three hours and i think you're right actually it was that compound of four months that was like hang on i need my something to show for it i need something to i need that medal i need something to show for this whole summer of work when actually i didn't get it anyway because as i said <laughs> i was injured but i just think yeah it's really yeah that's a good i didn't really think of it like that at the time i think i was just like why is your ego making you you know a monster just forget it just drop out you know yeah but and, and that is such like a it's such a you know the concept of stopping a race or, or kind of not finishing a race is so heartbreaking but at the same time like I, I i definitely remember the first time i didn't finish a race and like you can't like you just you know i mean if you're just if you're if you're blank about it or if you're brutally honest about it you, you do feel like a bit of a failure i don't know how how you necessarily felt i don't want to put words in your mouth oh a but... huge failure i felt <clears throat> embarrassed and i always reflect <clears throat> on that thinking why did you feel embarrassed you know everyone gets injured yeah. everyone from you know olympic athletes to we're, we're, we're human beings we're not ro- robots mm. so there's no reason again ego for me to think oh why shouldn't i get injured i was injured and i felt embarrassed and i felt um frustrated the frustration at not because i'm someone who you know it, not only do i preach to others you know to go for it and give it your all you can do hard things but to myself i don't just say those things to other people and not mean mm-hmm. it i say those things to myself and i believe it so it was also this frustration of feeling like this is out of my control i don't i don't want this and there's nothing i can do about it so yeah definitely felt embarrassed definitely felt uh what did you say like a failure it was yeah it felt like a big failure for sure what do you think you'll say to yourself when we go and do this 50 miler? <laughs> Excuse me? We're not talking about that right now. Bringing it back to the race that you didn't finish, because I didn't know that. What was that race? When? Where? How? Um, so, I mean, the, the, the honest truth is there's a whole bunch. There's a, there's a bunch of races that I, I didn't finish. But there was a period of my life when, and I'm talking about like, you know, big ultra races, 50 miles, 100 milers, where, you know, the, the, the concept of not running 100 miles, like that's perfectly fine, right? Like who, like A, no one cares more about running like or their own running than the person doing the running. Like no one actually cares about anyone else's, like, you know, people are, people are right. Like, oh, sorry, that sucks. Like, 
as an Instagram comment, but they 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 definitely go on with their day. They don't they're not crying <laughs> they don't over their, <laughs> they're not crying over the Weetabix about it. Like oh Adrian didn't finish the, the Berlin Marathon. Like or Max didn't finish Race of the Stones. Like no one cares. Um, but you obviously it's for you it's your world. And like I said, it's it's the it's the compound nature of running, which is like oh damn, like I've. I put like four or five months of training into this. <laughs> like, what do I do now? As you sit on a grass verge, kind of like watching runners go by. That's the worst um, bit, isn't it? When everyone's just still running. I stood at this, honestly, if I could have a, this world's smallest violin to have played whilst I stood, you know, kind of horizontal watching people run past me, even watching people jog, walk, whatever. I just felt so sorry for myself in that moment. I was just like, honestly, it's the worst. <laughs> no but i mean i mean the worst thing is adrian is you should try doing a 100 miler because if you if you drop out 100 miles you're usually about 40 miles from anywhere you need to be <laughs> so like <laughs> yeah which is like so i think i'm pretty sure that's like 90 percent of the reason that most of the people finish these hundred mile races because it's easier to get to the choice yeah yeah, Yeah. it's just like the only train leaves from somewhere roughly close to the finish so you might as well get there um i mean i've done some like i've done some fantastic races and there's some really good races. anyone that might be interested in in running like a a longer distance ultra race in the uk race to the stones is a really well organized it's it's hosted by threshold events it's based basically directed at um, people that kind of really want to take on that adventure and it's a super super well-organized well-supported adventure 100 kilometer walk slash run and you can do it over two days as 250ks or you do it as one day as 100k and just to kind of a little anecdote is um, I signed up to it a a, a few years ago I've done it a bunch of times but a couple of years I signed up and you know part of the part of the problem with these long races is the admin involved it's like how do you get from the finish which is 100 kilometers away from your car at the start like how do you get back and they were offering a a shuttle bus service and so i phoned up the organizers and i was like oh can i can i get on this shuttle bus and they were like no like unfortunately they're fully booked i was like ah like i guess i'll just figure it out when i get there and just hope that like maybe 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 (laughs) yeah like maybe someone will drop out and i'll get their place like I turn up to the finish and this bus is empty <laughs> like because no one else had made it in time to make the bus and I was like I love this like I just love the fact that everyone's booked onto this bus under the pretense of like right if I can get there in like 14 hours to do this 100k then I can get a lift back to the start line and they all missed it and I just sat on this bus on my own wow. just getting a lift back to the start so it's like like yeah like uh, but that must have been yeah, a think, smug uh, moment but also everybody else I'm like how did they get back I hope that shuttle oh it's a shuttle so hopefully it was just going back yeah, and forth yeah, yeah, yeah I think the, uh, the the stories that I've heard about ultras is definitely you know that it's really yeah like an amazing experience and there's this like community feel and that everybody's there like cheering everyone on and that it's amazing and everyone's just like come on Adrian, you should do it and it's interesting because I definitely have pendulum between I'll never do an ultra to being like oh sure sign me up Croatia that sounds great so um why do you think actually that these longer endurance races and these running challenges why do you think they've become so popular because you know I just remember a time when a marathon just was such a big deal. People would be like, oh my goodness, she is training for a marathon. She's going to run 26 miles. It was a big deal. You know, it's a long way, mm. takes commitment. Then obviously, you know, we watch the London Marathon on TV and we see people dressed up as, I don't know, a telephone box or running barefoot or whatever. And then it's like fun and games and whatever. But now I feel like everyone pretty much is doing a 50K or 100K or 100 miles or a five-day race 
in, I don't know, a jungle. So why do you think they're becoming so popular? And what does it really take to be able to sign up for one of these things? Um, <clears throat> these are all fantastic questions. And so f- firstly, I, you know, this might not some, be something that you've actually noticed, but if you stand on the start line of a 10K or a half marathon or even a marathon, right? And you might be a little bit different because I've, I've seen you in, in real life. I know what you're like. If you, as, soon as, that bu- as soon as that buzzer goes, all you can hear is footsteps and breathing for 20 minutes. Like, I, especially, sorry, you know, kind of around the end of the, you know, if you're trying to, I, well, it, it doesn't really matter. Like, I, there is conversationally within a half marathon, within a 10K, and even within a marathon, there's not loads of chatting because people are focused on, on the task at hand. And, um, you know, there is, you know, there's some nerve. <laughs> I, now know what, I now know what you mean, Max. I love what you just said. So <clears throat> most people, and he's like, except for you, because I've actually seen you at start line and you're always talking no matter where you are and where. Yeah. I was thinking, what does he mean? It's like, yeah, most people are focused. Adrienne's still talking. <laughs> yeah, just there, like, just hyping everyone up um yeah uh, it's probably why people are quiet they're like oh my god i just need some silence so (laughs) can we go already um you know i don't mean that adrian i I love you um but yeah like i've been on you know you you run a 10k and you're running through you're running through streets in dead silence listening to people breathing and your feet hitting the floor you sign up to a 100 miler 50 miler 100k you know you're chatting to everyone like because it and that is definitely the spirit and the nature of of this kind of like distance world the endurance world um especially you know with these five day events you know what you what you go through with the the other people that you share the experience with is fantastic and you'll you'll you know you will spend an entire day with or you know one person as you just like run together and chat and you you hear everything you know it's it's, it's that beautiful moment of of strangers massively oversharing about their lives um, and you get the opportunity to do it as well so you know so like therapy it, it really is well, see that bit sounds good the talking part sounds good but as i said these are really challenging physical demanding you know events so from a training perspective from a nutrition perspective from a recovery a commitment perspective you know is it you know Susie Chan always says you know it's possible for any she believes it's possible for anyone to run any race distance if they want to if they're willing to put the work in she's like you know if, if anyone does the same mileage the same training plan that I do she's like they could do exactly what I do do you think that is the case like what does it take yeah I mean we touched on it earlier is you know the, the legs are just the means by which you do it um you know it's it's the person that you are that's going to get you to a to a finish line and um your body you know or, or bodies in general are so capable of of handling the things that we put them through especially if you're prepared to put the training in then you know you, the the concept of something being difficult is you know we aren't in life we should I would hope be no stranger to to what that is and the hard work required to overcome that. So yeah, like a hundred percent, I wouldn't go as far to say that, you know, these things are for everyone and everyone can do them. But um, I, I, I genuinely believe that if your biggest fear is the, the, the fact of actually just signing up to something, you know, we find out in the doing. So, you know, sign up and, and give it a go because you can, you, you will be surprised and you'll surprise yourself and, it's not necessarily the surprise it's it's the sense of achievement and the achievement the sense of achievement comes from that huge sense of overcoming the sense of uh what is it adversary that you are faced when someone says right start here and finish there go and it's it's simple right but 
you just have to keep willing yourself to do it and I think that, you know, and as a final thought on running, you know, we get that beautiful moment, whereas like, it doesn't matter how far, hard, fast or, or difficult a run you have just done to the point of exhaustion and you stop 10 minutes later, you'll always be like, yeah, I could have done, could have done another couple of steps. When <laughs> you it, always when say it, that. It's so true, though. It's so true, though. When you literally think I can't do another, the last mile of a race or last K yeah. always feels like it's just never going to end. And then you're right. You kind of finish, you stop. And as soon as you've had, I don't know, two, three minutes, you're literally like, oh, I could run now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I always say this. I always say that like the last mile of 100 miles, the, the only race, the, the only mile that you're ever going to knock, like you, there is no way you are not going to finish that mile. You know, it doesn't matter what happens. Last mile of 100 mile is like the only guaranteed mile you're ever going to run because there is no way that someone is getting to 99 miles in a 100 mile race and not walking, dragging, whatever it takes to get to that finish line. That's the only guaranteed mile you're going to run. I say run, you know, it can be any way, shape or form. But But again, um, that is just testament to the power of the mind. You know, I listen to so many running books that when I'm out running on audio and one of them, I don't know if it was the lost art of running or whether it's no, I think it's the Scott Jarrett eat and run, but one of them anyway, there's the guy and he's talking about, yeah, the end of an ultra. And this guy was seriously, you know, he was suffering. He was in a bad way. He, you know, everything from his, uh, you know, he's really kind of just out of it, actually, not really being able to put one foot in front of the other, you know, dizzy, disorientated, really depleted of energy and just kind of, yeah, staggering around kind of ready to pass out. But um, I think he, I think maybe the finish line was 400 meters away, but he literally couldn't walk. He couldn't, you know, he was just like, he looked drunk. And I think, you know, to, to your point about getting to 99 miles, having one mile to go and not being able to finish, I don't think he actually did. I think he was 400 meters from the finish. He was, he was, I think he was in third place as well. And I remember just yeah. listening to that and it's like, the power of the mind sometimes, you know, like just seeing if he, I think he didn't see the finish, you know, cause like I said, he was so out of it, yeah. but it, they'd said, you know, from a psychological perspective, had he seen just the finish line, he probably would have been able to get there, but it was just the idea that he didn't actually know how close he was when he collapsed. And it's mental mm. to just think, you know, how much our mind, you can do 99 miles, but as soon as you hit someone tells you there's one mile left, no matter what happens, you've got, whether it's energy, whether it's a mind that the power of the mind is just insane actually what what we you know what it can kind of override the body no i 100 percent agree with you and i can't wait to have a massive finish finish arch for our 50 miler that we're going to do <laughs> okay moving on let's talk about the power hour concept now yeah. i i know you mentioned to me previously that you're kind of a circadian rhythm power hour guy so in the summer you're like yes i'm here for those early starts but in the winter not so much so correct me if i'm wrong but tell us what's your morning like what's the first hour of your day like and well depending on the season what time is it i mean that like yeah i am yeah i i just can't hide it like i i am very much like determined by the 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 rising and falling of the sun and in the summer you know i'm i'm up at the crack of dawn i've i've kind of never slept with curtains closed and i think that's probably what what drew me to getting out of bed as a teenager to go for a run was just the fact that the sun was up and you know do something while it's up. i i i have always always hated the fact that the working world starts in theory at 9am and 3 hours later it's midday and you're like how is that how is that a thing like why are we not starting earlier like can't we can't we kick this off at seven let's just let's everyone agree that we can get this going at seven we'll be done by three like why is that not a thing um and that, that's kind of the way i've always looked at things but yeah i think from a 
from a self self motivational point of view, like yes, I I find it so easy in the summer to to get up. Um, I I tend to kind of gravitate towards more work first thing than I do training. Like I I I have done in the past, like you know, like, as I said, kind of waking up early and just like putting my trainers on and, and running into work or something like that. That didn't feel like a choice. You know, that didn't feel like my choice of this is what I'm getting up to do. Mm-hmm. But I will, so I would, I will gravitate now to up coffee, sat at my desk. And sometimes like, uh, you know, especially during some of the lockdowns, the first lockdowns, I'd sit at my desk and kind of stare at the screen and be like, I've got nothing to do. But um, <clears throat> I'd still like to do it and just kind of sit there and log into my emails and be like, well, who can I email? Like, who's going to reply? And it turns out no one, but um, I still try, still try. <laughs> you know and just like you use that space um mm. yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't say that um although you know if i go away on holiday like i'm the first person that's going to agree to getting up at 4 30 to go and hike a mountain or go do a sunrise run but th- those are kind of extenuating circumstances snap <laughs> like people I are like it's a holiday i'm like yes exactly meet you yeah. at the door at five <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs> yeah let's kick this day off by 6 a.m and we've got six hours before noon like, exactly. so at like the you're moment, buying time you're buying time so at the moment is that you're you know you, you don't necessarily as you say lace up and head out you grab your coffee and then um and then is it into create because you know doing creative work is it that editing or is it more just admin um like i i love the creative process and i think like, I, I think i said this earlier it's like you know you have to allow time to be creative like you kind of have to when when someone's like oh how quickly can you turn that around and it's like well you know how, how much time are you going to give me to sit and dwell on something like you know it's the same as when you write a book you don't just sit down and and write you know write until your pen runs out of ink you know there are you 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 if you you'd be silly to not factor in the moments that you're going for a walk for the sense of inspiration or phoning a friend for the conversations that you have that draw the memories out of out into the world um so yeah like i definitely find the the morning an incredibly creative time because i can sit there drink drink a coffee and it doesn't feel like there's any pressure on me kind of first thing in the morning because like no one's like oh like can you send me that you know people tend to be like oh can we get that by end of day no one's like can you wake up early and then you know make sure that's in by like nine o'clock mm-hmm. um and unless you're a bad timekeeper in which case you know you send someone an email being like i'll send it over first thing tomorrow <clears throat> which i which i avoid doing or do you do that honestly do i do that probably yeah mm. i feel like i probably do do that i think well because people know to expect things from me in the morning because i often it, yeah. it must be people that i work closely with i will say to them you know what i'm gonna get on with this tomorrow in my power hour it'll be in your inbox before nine because that's just when i yeah it's just how i how i work and they know to expect that from me as opposed to no one can expect me to do things in the evening you know if someone said to me like, oh can you do this tonight i'd be like no of course not so i think it's just like different people's schedules yeah but what's interesting and the thing that i think a lot of people can probably relate to in the morning especially if you're up early is that feeling that you just said no pressure there's no obligation to be available for other people's your time mm. is your own and i think really that for, for me that is what the power hour comes down to you know in the last three months since writing the book I've obviously talked a lot and done a lot of interviews about the power hour, about the concept, about the book, about the podcast. And really, I think if I had to distill it down, that's the best bit of it, you know, reclaiming your time and thinking that no one needs or wants anything from me or expects anything from me in this moment. 
that first hour, I can be in solitude. I can be selfish. I can choose to spend this time however I like because there's no expectation. And I think, yeah, throughout the rest of the day, that is really hard to find. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I guess what we're saying is I think, a lot, well, I certainly feel like the clock starts at 9 a.m., right? Or half mm-hmm. eight, you know? That's when that's when the rest of the world, uh, from a sense of necessarily, you know, because I do believe in boundaries. I believe acceptable. people... Yeah, I, I believe in boundaries. And I believe that, you know, if you are being employed to work for a company, they, they need to respect who you are as a person and can't expect you to be available 24 hours of the day. But as someone that, you know, the reason I don't do exercise in the morning is because I don't have to. Like I've I've created a world where like I can go for a run for two hours at 11 a.m. Um, because I am willing to work, you know, be creative in the morning and, and work until, you know, whatever time I want to in the evening. Um but yeah, I think like, you know, you that that weird concept that like you you have to punch your ticket at 9am and you punch out at at 5pm and between the I I get it's just weird like at 4:30 in the afternoon I'm like oh god like I have to remember to email someone cuz they are going to be leaving the office. <laughs> like right. um sure. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I guess it's different as well for everyone because my brother, for example, you know, he's a performer, he works in theatre and if my son ever says, oh, can can I call, can I FaceTime on, um, Alex? I'm like, you know he's not going to be awake, dude. You know, he doesn't wake up until <laughs> 11 o'clock every day and it's this thing in the morning of if I ever call, if I was to call him at 7, 8 a.m., he would literally be like, is, the, is it an emergency? It's the middle of the night. Why are you calling me? <laughs> so it is interesting how, yeah, I think the social expectation between between certain certain hours uh, and, and what's acceptable. All right, Max, I could talk to you forever, but I'm going to <laughs> put you out of your misery and I'm going to move on to the quick fire round. So yeah, quick fire, it. short and sweet. Okay. Um, but before go. I do that, actually, before I jump into that, could you tell the listeners where they can find you online and your work and where they could connect with you? Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of my most enjoyable spaces on it is on Instagram at Max Wilco, M-A-X-W-I-L-K-O. Um, something that not many people really know is that every Sunday I host a kind of guided treadmill run at 9am. So if, if running is your thing, you just want to listen to someone kind of guide you through half an hour of running. We talk about breath work. We talk about how your feet hit the ground. Um, dive into Strava. I've got a um, Max Wilcox run club uh, as a as a club set up on on there um and you know what like creatively i I do have a few spaces but i'm not gonna i'm i'm fine i'm fine with the world that i live in so they can find you they can find you on insta and definitely definitely (laughs) check out max on strava and yeah yeah, we'll put the links we'll put the links in the show notes all right quick fire questions so can you tell us one thing that gives you joy something that you absolutely love and treasure that you have bought for 100 pounds or less Oh my! So I, I recently got into riding motorbikes, <laughs> and uh, it's not not that you can buy a motorbike for a hundred pounds, but uh, um, <clears throat> some of the gear around it, like I I really enjoy. So um, just kind of any anything that is kind of motorbike related, uh, I've been buying kind of like all the paraphernalia, like gloves and snoods and <laughs> like even bandanas. So wow, great! Next question is: Which one book do you recommend that everyone should read? Uh, with without a doubt, the Count of Monte Cristo by Alexander Dumas. It's like it's funny. I love this book. I love this book so much. It's um, <clears throat> the the only thing I don't like about it is that the, the Alexander Dumas, when he wrote it, was paid by the word because it was actually printed via newspaper. So it it does get 
incredibly waffly, but I think the story is fantastic. <clears throat> it's you know it's about success and revenge and and love and it's just passion. Like everything about it is passion to me, and the conversations that people have, like <clears throat> Count of Monte Cristo. You know, it's not it's a it's a book you can get lost in, a long book you can get lost in. Great. Next question is one piece of advice that you would give to anyone who wants to up their game and challenge themselves this year when it comes to running. I think definitely when it comes to running, it's like we we achieve in the doing. And what I mean by that is, you know, just getting out there and and running and doing something is is what is going to kind of help you develop. So, you know, some like I, I actually run a training, a running club. And the biggest fear is always like, what, you know, what will people think if I don't actually run the whole time? It's like, <clears throat> like we said, you know, it's only, you know, not, no one really cares about anyone else's running. So, you know, focus on yourself, get out there, do it. Don't be afraid to kind of run, walk, run, walk. And that is fine. That's, that is running. Okay. And the last question, which is about time, obviously the concept of power hour time. I still believe I say this probably every week, but I believe it's the most valuable thing that we have and the most valuable thing we can give to another person. So if I was to gift you one extra hour each day, you've now got 25 hours every day. How are you going to spend your extra hour? Oh, that's such a good question. I, I like, I really believe in creativity and anything that allows me to be creative. And obviously, you know, the, the running side of my life is, is a huge part of where I get my creativity. Um, <clears throat> so I, you know, I, I, I'm so passionate about the work that I do, the photography, the videography, and the world that I do it in, you know, running outdoors, exploration, like, I'd find a way to, to kind of just tag on those moments and increase the amount of time that I can do it. How great is that, that if you had an extra hour, you're essentially saying you would spend the hour doing what you already do, yeah. which is, yeah, no, yeah, but yeah. honestly that, you know, you're like, I'd be outside running with my camera because for so many people, it's like, oh, Adrian, I don't have time. If I had time, I'd do this. Mm. If I had more time, I'd do that. If I had an extra hour, wow, I'd be able to finally do this thing. But how wonderful is it that you're saying I would do more of what I'm doing? Yeah. Like that, yeah. I think is a, such a, such a wonderful thing. And I think if we can all, yeah, the what lesson I think I've taken from, lockdown and from the last year really is exactly that you know more time doing more time living less mm. time you know and everything else because ultimately that's as i say it's all we got it's finite and we have to make it count mm. it's yeah like as a, as one final anecdote for you i you know my family work in property and i they have this lovely show home that they were showing the other day that i shot and on the wall it has this sign that says you know we should hang some art here it's like a neon sign it's like one of those kind of like ironic things yeah. and i was thinking if i could have one neon sign on my wall you know what what would it say what is the constant reminder that i would have like to me that's just glowing in lights and it literally would be about like not being afraid to live life because you know that is the stuff i want in neon lights on the side of my wall is like just don't be afraid to live life because your concept of your question of like here's an extra hour of time you know you're not actually asking you know necessarily what would I do on it you know you're like what you're actually asking is like what am I doing with my time now <laughs> like that that's stopping me from doing what I want to do living my life you know that's the that's the deeper side of that question I feel anyway um so yeah just just don't forget to live life huh I love that and even the neon sign thing I think you got me thinking about tattoos because like do you have any tattoos Max? <laughs> Oh, I do. It's such a good story as well. 
Oh, well, well, okay, okay, we're going to have to hear it, but I don't have any tattoos and I've been talking about getting one for about 14 years. So you can imagine it's pretty boring for people who are like, Adrian, you're still talking about that. You don't have it. But I think that's what I keep thinking about. It's like those words, it needs to be something that I want to be reminded of every day. Mm. But come on, tell us, what's this tattoo story? Is it awful? Is it terrible? Is it like a Tweety uh, Pie or something? (laughs) No, it's like, I actually think it's the opposite. I think, so basically we're going to go and run a 50 miler and get tattoos. This sounds like an awesome weekend. (laughs) (laughs) let's just sign on the line now um no like uh my tattoo is it's i only have one tattoo it's it's kind of placed underneath like on my on the side of my chest bone you know that classic kind of location and my dad died when i was um 10 he died in a plane crash very sudden my mother had four kids at the time she didn't well i would presume she didn't have a huge amount of time to necessarily plan too much in terms of, you know, she had a, a ton going on, right? You don't, you definitely don't expect that. And so my, my, my dad's gravestone tombstone just says always, always GKW. And like, if, if there's ever a word that's resonated with me more, it's always because like, if someone's like, do you want to do something? It's like, yeah, always like, like that is, that is, and that's what I have. So I have always GKW just tattooed on me. as like a, a permanent reminder that like, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm doing this. Like I'm living like that's, that's kind of how I see it, which is, yeah. So there you go. It's not a tweet Adrian. Wow. Max, honestly, I've never lost for words, but I feel like, yeah, I've got goosebumps and tears in my eyes because yeah. that is amazing. And I really love that response to life. Do you want to do this? Mm always yes Mm, yes brilliant thank you so much for sharing that max and thank you for being a wonderful guest and i'm looking forward to seeing you soon i'm not sure about that 50 miler but i'm sure we'll be on hopefully on a running epic adventure somewhere because i just yeah as i said i'm i'm desperate i'm literally (laughs) desperate to get out of my house so i'll see you very soon yeah sounds great i'm looking forward to it Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. I feel like you've been listening in on a phone call with a friend. So I really hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate, review, share, spread the Power Hour message, share the episode with anyone you think might enjoy hearing from Max and stay safe. See you soon. See ya. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.